Hi, friends. I'm Mandy. And I'm Missy. And we're the Wayward Homesteaders. In this podcast, we will talk about homesteading and homeschooling. We will cover topics like food preservation, gardening, unschooling, and all the things we enjoy doing with our families. Grow with us as we talk about creating a homestead full of poop, plants, permaculture, and everything in between. Hey friends, it's Mandy from Chapel Forge. And this is Missy from Homesteading Roots. So tonight, today, it's tonight now, but it'll be today when you listen to this. Um, we're going to be talking about bone broth. So bone broth is one of those things that you can get on your shelf for like pennies. It costs almost just whatever it costs you to run your stove is pretty much the cost of making bone broth. It is the ultimate way to practice a no waste kitchen um it's something i learned about i don't know maybe a year and a half or two years ago um i only started pressure canning like a lot probably a year ago and prior to that i would make broth and then i would just freeze it which is also fine you can totally just freeze it if you don't have a pressure canner or you're not into pressure canning um so bone broth i and i've just really soaked in so much information about bone broth in the last probably month so I sat through the summit for the school of traditional skills and then I um when they had their founding members special I joined um and I've Sally Fallon Morell's class on bone broth and she's just full of information if you're not familiar with her she wrote um the book nourishing traditions she also wrote nourishing broths um, there's a baby and toddler one. There's a fourth one, right, miss? Yeah. It's nourishing fats. Yeah. Nourishing fats. She's just fascinating. Um, she has, and, and she really digs into the nitty gritty. Like sometimes I sit down to read those books and I'm like, Oh man, this might even be over my head. Like she really digs into like nutrient absorption and all those things that I would love to just be able to spout the facts off the top of my head. But I don't think that's ever going to happen because it is, it's deep, but we're going to talk about the basics of bone broth today. It doesn't have to be complicated to make bone broth. Like I said, it's super cheap. Um, obviously, the higher quality bones, meat, et cetera, that you have, the better quality your broth is. But I wouldn't let that hold you back from getting something like this on your shelf. So if you belong to like Costco or Sam's Club or something and you go get a rotisserie chicken, like the $5, oh, I don't know, are they still $5? Probably not. It's probably 10 at this point. But whatever. You go get one of those and you have that carcass. Like, don't just throw that carcass in the trash. There's so much goodness on that carcass um, that you can throw in your roaster or your crock pot or a pan in the oven and make some great broth. So before we dig into how to make the broth, let's talk a little bit about different bones and different animals. So Missy, you want to talk about bones a little bit? Sure. So this um, topic kind of skeeves me. I'm a little more picky than Mandy. And I don't know if you follow along um, with her YouTube videos and stuff, you saw that she had just recently done, um, it was turkey, right? Turkey broth? Yeah, we did turkey broth because we butchered our Oh, how many do we have by the time we're done? Oh. 12-ish, maybe? <laughs> yeah. uh, we had a little bit of a predator issue. But yeah, I just recently did turkey broth. Yeah, so if um, you watched her video or your, her post that she put on Facebook about the, having the heads and the feet and that kind of stuff, I, oh gosh, I'm struggling with this. And that's okay. Like, I've still been making broth. I just don't include those things. But the benefits that I've read and learned about with adding the heads and the feet and all the additional collagen and stuff, I'm like, what's the point of making broth if I'm not adding that kind of stuff? So I'm so there. Like, I feel like all the broth, which I shouldn't have this attitude, but all the broth I made prior to it having all that collagen, I'm like, this is garbage. 
Right, it's exactly. Not. And that's it's not. <laughs> right, it's so not. Um, so I've been digging a little more into the research of like what bones are best. Um, can I substitute an extra bone instead of a head or a foot um, and still get the collagen and the other vitamins from it? Um, like Mandy had mentioned, uh, Sally Fallon Morell has the Nourishing Broth book, and I've been looking into that. I haven't dug as deep as Mandy has into this in this topic yet. I plan to this winter, but um, I did a little research on some of the bones. And um, as you know, like bone broth is nourishing. It's very nourishing for your body. Um, and how you process each batch depends on how much, like the different nourishment you're going to get from it. Um, I guess you also have to consider too the lifestyle of the animal. Um, now, not making broth and just going to the butcher and getting bones and stuff is better than, you know, not making it at all. Um, so I, when we were in Florida, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to the butcher. I'm going to ask them what bones they had. Well, they had beef bones. I think they were like shank or shin or something. And at that point I didn't really know. I thought any bone was equal. Um, so I bought some bones. I took it home. They sat in my freezer for about five months because I couldn't bring myself <laughs> to do it. And then when we moved, I'm like, perfect. Now's my excuse to throw these bones out because I'm not going to do anything with them. So I've really been trying to like dig into it. And um, one of the main things I was looking at is macular degeneration is um, like my family. My mom's side of the family is prone to that. And that's when like, as you get older, your, your vision starts decreasing until like you get to the point where you're, it looks like you're looking through to look at everything. You're looking through little holes. Um, so like the stuff I was researching on that for my mom's sake was get collagen in you and get all these nutrients in you. And I'm like, the first thing I think of is broth. So I'm like, okay, I really need to jump on this train and start researching. So I got my book out and I started reading about it. And then we talked about doing this podcast and I thought, perfect, I'll be able to dive into it a little more. So I went into like, what bones should you look for? If you're going to go and go to the butcher or you're going to go anywhere and buy bones, you want to look for like knuckle bones. Um, I guess it's, they're kind of different with cows and um, cause cows don't have fingers and, you know, knuckles, that kind of thing, but they do have like <laughs> joints and joints and tendons. Um, skin is actually really good too. Like if you can add skin to your broth, that has a lot of collagen in it. Muscles, veal bones from calves are supposed to be like so high in collagen and the cartilage in it. Um, it's supposed to be really good for you. Any knuckle bones, like I said, being joints, which on cow, you know, it's anything that bends. Um, so back up to skin really quick. So I yeah. feel like as kids that grew up in like the nineties, well, eighties, nineties, whatever, you know, it, I, I don't know. I don't know about you. I would always like want to eat the chicken skin and like my, and I'm not bashing my parents. They didn't know, but they're like, no, no, you shouldn't eat the skin. Like it's not good for you. Or like, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying my parents like told me what I couldn't, couldn't eat, but like, I feel like the world just said, don't eat chicken skin. It'll make you fat. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, is that just me? No, it's totally. I remember my right. mom saying that too. Yeah. So as I'm learning more about this, and like Sally talks about this in her class is chicken skin, poultry skin is phenomenal for you. There are so many vitamins in chicken skin. And I'm just like, and again, like higher quality is better and whatever, but I don't want that to discourage someone from like, you know, if you can't afford to raise your own chickens or you don't have the property or whatever, like, you know, eating that is still better than eating like a chef where I feel like I pick on chef where a lot. Um, <laughs> right. What did he do to you? Right, exactly. Um, but anyway, the chicken skin is just phenomenal for you. So like if you have, if you took the time to season that chicken skin and cook it up on your grill or your Blackstone or whatever, however you do your chicken, 
and you want to friggin' eat that chicken skin, do it because it is so, so good for you. And I agree. Put it in your broth. I put it in my broth. I just want to make that note about skin. Well, right. And it, it's so true. And I wish that my grandmother was still around because my grandmother always would like when the turkey would come out on Thanksgiving, she'd grab a piece of the skin and eat it. And I'm like, oh, that's so bad. She's like, no, that's where all the nutrients are. And that's and I'm like, no, you're wrong. My mom, you know, I trusted my mom over my grandmother. But like my grandmother grew up during the Depression and, you know, all of that stuff. And like she knew I wish I could have a conversation with her now about like nutritional things because oh my I was like 13, 14. And I'm like, ew, no, mom told me not to eat that. It's going to make me fat or whatever. You know, I'm not eating it. You're like, you're crazy. Um, but I wish I could have a conversation with her about all this stuff because she was so much. And it's like the podcast I was just listening to about metabolic health and they're talking about cooking like your ancestors. And unfortunately, like our parents and really even like maybe my grandparents more so, um, you know, we grew up in the era of like snack wells and like that kind of garbage and all this processed stuff because they said, oh, you should have low fat milk and all this crap. And like, no, that's just, it's just not true. Like it's it's almost really sad because like the people that grew up in the depression i guess and i don't want to like i don't want to downgrade the depression but like in some ways i almost feel like they had an advantage over us because Mm -hmm. they were eating core foods well right and they had like their gardens were abundant right their own food there was no other option and yeah and even in this book that um the nourishing broths it, it goes back to saying like in the 1800s you know bone broth like they would kill an animal and they didn't have the pots and pans and stuff that we have so they would actually like cook the broth in the stomach of the animal like they can we please do that oh my gosh i don't know that i could handle that but i'll I'll hold your hand it'll be fine all right i'll pinch my nose shut with a clothespin or something oh lord we'll um, have the liver cooking at the same time oh and and the vinegar mixed in oh lord have mercy so Uh, much sensory overload for you (laughs) yeah but and it was interesting and then like as the times went on they like would take turtle shells and that would be their their pot they would like you know have the fire and put the put the broth and the bones and all that kind of stuff like the liver and all that and they would make their soup in like turtle shells and then it went to like rock and it like she explains the whole situation but the point is like going back so far like these people were smart and like they knew what they were doing um they knew that like once they killed an animal they went right for like the liver um all the organs the heart that's like the first things they ate because they didn't want that to go to waste and animals do the same thing when an animal kills another animal they go for the organs so like uh, hello god's trying to tell us something here like right it's like when we had the chicken massacre in the woods yeah like there was all the ex you know the exoskeletal like stuff was all there but i'll be darned if i saw any organs left right exactly and heads like they'll go for the brain heads are gone so gross yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've really had to come out of my shell, so to speak, um, with bone broth. And I'm trying to, my kids, oh my gosh, my kids would eat ramen noodles until it came out their nose if I let them. Um, and I'm like, what is it? What is so good about these noodles? Well, it's the broth. You know, it's all the MSGs yep. and the broth. And I can't even count on my fingers how many try- times I have tried to come up with a substitute for ramen noodle broth. But my kids now will eat chicken broth and chicken is like my safe zone i feel like if i'm like stressed out about something weird except for their feet i can't do the feet and the head yet but i'm getting there um like if i'm like oh yes i'm gonna make broth i'm gonna make chicken broth well i can easily cook a chicken and then pick the meat off and you know what and then put the 
put the bones back in and make the broth out of it and everything. But you have to figure too, chicken, chicken bones are very hollow. So while yes, you're getting good nutrient from it, you're not getting as much nutrient from chicken bones as you're going to get if you take the time and boil down beef bones or, Mm -hmm. you know, like lamb or any of that kind of stuff. So those are just little tidbits that I've been learning while reading through the book and trying to talk myself into like, you can do this. Um, I don't know. It's, I don't know why I struggle so much with it. I think it's just the whole, like seeing an eyeball floating in my broth. Like if the I eyeballs a- usually stay in the head, so you'll probably be fine. <laughs> and then I watched, um, Ruth Ann Zimmerman on Instagram when they clipped off the toenails of the chicken feet, so they put them in. And that's all I envision every time I'm like, Oh, I'll just, I'll be a big girl today and I'm going to add chicken feet. Nope. Oh, that's that's the picture that comes to mind. And if like the chicken feet freak you out, I've never seen dirty chicken feet at the butcher. So if you want to get chicken feet and heads, they're going to be cleaned when you get them from the butcher. So if this is something you want to start with and you're not like ready to butcher the chicken in your backyard and then clean the feet and clip the toenails, you can totally just go get that stuff. Now, okay, does every butcher have it? Maybe not. But honestly, if you ask, they probably have it and they oftentimes may throw it away because no one wants it because we're just not a society that, wants chicken feet and chicken heads right exactly i remember seeing it for the first time in store in the store grocery store i think it was like giant or something and i'm like why in the world is there a bag of frozen chicken feet right here like what do people do with this right it was just like unheard of well Um, and so everybody should go on my youtube channel it's just a short on there and i show you the collagen that i got when i did this roaster full of turkey so i put all the heads and feet in and i literally got a half a gallon of collagen and we're talking like jiggle 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 like you you look at that and it looks like jello it looked like tan jello in there there was no liquid it was straight up collagen and so when sally talks about broth she basically says broth is just melted you know, it's just the melted parts of, you know, what you're cooking down. That's essentially all it is. So she, and when I was listening to her class and I te- even texted this to Missy last night, because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so simple, but it's so profound. And when she talks about broth and stock, she said like in fancy French culinary cooking, stock and broth are kind of opposite of what homesteaders think it is. And she's like, nobody's really wrong. She's like, but to us, broth is a long cooking you know, uh, liquid essentially, you know, Mm -hmm. and stock is a short cook. And then she describes both of them. She's like, when I talk about them, I call them elixir by cooking bones. When you think about it like that, you know, she talks about how everybody goes to like Campbell's chicken noodle soup when they're sick. Like that's what everybody thinks of it. We all watch the commercials like when we were kids or whatever. And she's like, you know, we're on the right track. But like, let's, like Missy said, let's ditch the MSGs and get the garbage that's in it and just get back to what is literally the warm, nourishing broth that you need. When you have like diarrhea or an upset stomach or any of that kind of stuff, like don't go for the Campbell's chicken soup. All like, that's just a bunch of crap. It's like Missy and I have this conversation about ginger ale all the time. You know, somebody's got an upset stomach and they go to ginger ale. Okay. Well, if you like got some homemade ginger ale, or maybe you could find some clean organic ginger ale, what? whatever but it's like 40 grams of sugar white refined crap sugar in this can of ginger ale what is that doing for you when you're sick sugar feeds illness and all you're doing when you drink that can of ginger ale is feeding your illness and it's kind of the same thing when you eat the crap 
Campbell's soup when you could so simply make this yourself. Right. And I just I have a paragraph here out of the book that kind of she explains what Mandy just went over with the difference between stock um, versus broth. I'll read it real quick here. It says in the culinary world, both stock and broth start with the same basic foundation, water, onions, celery, carrots, um, pepper, salt and herbs. Broth is then enriched with the meat of a chicken, usually a whole chicken. The mixture is simmered and strained. It is light with a clean flavor. Stock, on the other hand, starts with the same foundational ingredients, but rather than simmering it with the meat of the chicken, um, stock is made with the bones. In this definition, stock ends up with, with more gelatin than broth. And which is interesting because in the beginning yeah. of the book, she talks about like how um, like in the eight, early 1900s, they would use the gelatin from the broth to make jello. Like that's how Knox gelatin started. Like, Isn't that crazy? It's so crazy and fascinating. It's very interesting. Yeah, she and she even says in her class, she's like, I use broth and stock pretty much interchangeably at this point, which, you know, whatever. Like we're just like talking about words here and it doesn't matter. The point is that you get that in you and I, I mentioned this podcast i was listening to from um simple farmhouse life podcast which was lisa from farmhouse on boone if you watch her on youtube <clears throat> and she was talking about in this metabolic podcast she was talking about how to feed your metabolism is to get warm nourishing foods in your body like you know they don't have all these restrictions and it's so hard because like I mentioned before, I feel like we grew up in an era where like, don't eat fatty foods and like, don't drink whole milk and blah, blah, blah. And now we're learning as adults, raw whole dairy is so nourishing for your body. Chicken freaking skin is so nourishing for your body. And it's like, right. we almost as millennials, older millennials, I guess we are, you know, we're like retraining ourselves and it's nothing against our parents. It's how they were taught and right. uh, you know, whatever they did the best they could to like, raise us up in the way that we should go as they say but you know no better do better like I feel like that's where we're at with this whole food thing um so a couple notes about making the broth itself I do have a video on our YouTube channel about how to make the broth it's really so simple so you can really make this as fancy or not as you want you know Sally mentions about putting in onion celery carrots she likes to put in red onion because it gives it more color. You certainly can do white onions. I do not peel any of that stuff. If you know me, I don't peel anything. Um, I just throw in, you know, carrots, onion, celery, onion. If I don't have celery, I'm not going to run into the store and buy friggin' celery to make my broth. We're just skipping the celery that time and it'll be fine. Um, so basically you just put all of your bones, skin, feet, heads, whatever it is that you have, Throw that in your roaster, your crock pot, if you have a roasting pan for your oven, and then you're just going to bring the water up to just like cover the bones. Um, and then you just let it go. I usually do my roaster on like 200 ish, 250, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, and I usually let it go for at least 24 hours. I will skim off usually your first skim or your first kind of dump, I guess. <laughs> I said dump. Um, <laughs> is is collagen if you have the feet and heads in there it's collagen if it's not you're still going to get good broth it's not like it's waste you know if you don't have that stuff in there but then i usually refill my roaster and get another round of broth over there because there's still so much good meat and and goodness just on those bones to throw them away just after one round so it's really that simple. You do have to pressure can broth if you want it to be shelf stable. You can freeze dry broth. I've freeze dried it and powdered it and we have it in the pantry that we can just reconstitute uh, it with water. 
you have that option. Like I said, you can freeze it like in court freezer bags or gallon freezer bags or whatever makes sense for your family. Um, you could obviously just use it fresh. Um, I would say it's kind of like anything else. If you sit it in the fridge, you should use it within, you know, three, four or five days or whatever. But you know, those boxes, I was looking at the boxes of chicken broth or whatever that you can get at like Sam's club. And they sell like organic chicken broth. We get like those four little cartons for like $10 or six cartons for $10 or whatever it is. It's like two fifty or $3 a box. And I'm thinking I literally could make, I, I bet I could make 28 quarts. I just say that because that'd be two canners worth in the pressure canner from a few chicken carcasses in my roaster. And it cost me nothing. Right. And okay. So some people will be like, oh, well, it's only $10. Okay. Well, it's only $10 when I'm feeding, you know, five people or if we're with the Culbertsons and we're feeding nine or 10 people. How many freaking cartons of chicken broth are we going to need? Two or three probably to make some good hearty soup. Right. And you know. like different ways that I've found to use broth. I know some people are just like, okay, well, I can't sit there and sip broth. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really a big soup fan. So a couple of ways that like I've found using is turn it into gravy. Like yep. you can use that as your, your liquid base for gravy. Um, another thing I like to do is when I make like mashed potatoes to boil my potatoes, I boil it in broth instead of yep. water. For sure. You know? And then even if like, you know, I don't have chickens yet, but then if you dump any of that like boiled water or whatever, the broth to back to the chickens or to the pigs or whatever, you're just repurposing all of that. So like think outside of the box, um, you can even make broth and freeze it in ice cube trays and then like, you know, pull them out of the ice cube trays, keep them in a Ziploc bag, keep them in your freezer for whenever you need to season something, throw a roast in, you know, the Instapot or the Crock-Pot, throw a couple cubes of broth in and there you have, you don't have to buy bouillon cubes or like better than bouillon. Better or- than bouillon. It's the best. It's the best. Um, you could put your herbs in your ice cube tray. Yeah. And then instead of water, you could put the broth in, you yep. know, especially like my mom does stuff like that. Cause she's only feeding two people. So she has like muffin tins and she'll put like some herbs in there or like, I think they do this with like heavy cream, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. for them, it's perfect. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And like Mandy said, you know, if it's really something you want to get in you and, you know, freeze dry it or dehydrate it, powder it, put it in a capsule and take two capsules every morning. And there you have your broth for the day and you don't, you didn't taste it. You didn't have to drink it, any of that, but you're getting it into you. Just think like, I tend to think of like the basic things and I'm like, I'm not going to sit there and sip broth every single day. Well, no, there's so many other ways that you can get it in and, you know, just think outside of the box and, you know, try something. If it doesn't work, then whatever, you're out a couple bucks. Whereas if you'd go and buy broth from the store, like Mandy said, it's, oh. it's expensive. Right. Well, and if, again, if you don't have chickens or pigs, dump it in the compost. Like, can I, you know, can I tell you something really funny that everybody's going to laugh at me and I'm such a dodo for it. Um, I bought broth. No, I bought stock. I think it was, I don't know, whatever. It came in the little, little container. And this was a couple years ago. And I didn't know that when you unscrewed the top of the lid, like it opens. <laughs> I know this like, story and I'm dying. <laughs> oh my God. So I bought like this huge pack from it was probably BJ's or Sam's or something. And I go and I open it and I turn the thing and I'm like, well, what the heck? The foils broke. Well, this is dumb. I dumped it down the drain. So I went and I got the next one, opened it up. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This one's open too. It dumped it. I went through every box <laughs> that I bought and dumped them all down the drain because I thought they were opened like in the store. Well, I don't know. A couple months later, I found out that as you're opening it, it cuts the foil, you dum dumb. 
I'm dying. That's and I'm fantastic. like, all of that money, I just sat there and ching ching right down the drain. Oh, it's terrible. Ugh. Um, so okay, so uh, again, broth is basically melted collagen, and mm-hmm. everybody, you know, collagen is kind of a buzzword. I feel like, like, there's a lot of these like MLM companies and things, like, oh, we'll sell you this thing of collagen and blah blah. And I'm like, you can make that crap for way less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it supports so many, like Missy said about the eyes. I didn't know about the maculate, whatever you macular, said. Macular degeneration. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know what that was, but it totally makes sense because Sally talks about how it supports your eyes. Like no one thinks yeah. collagen and they're like, oh, it supports my eyes, but it support it lines your digestive tract. It's good for your skin. And I think a lot of people think, oh, collagen is just good for my skin. And like, that's the only thing it's good for, but it supports so much of your body. Right. Exactly. Um, and so and other- it. Okay. In the aging, sorry, in the aging process too, like your body loses so much collagen. That's why we have saggy skin and triple chins and all that good, fun, fantastic well, stuff. And I feel like my goal now, now that I have all this knowledge, I'm like, I need to eat bone broth every day and I need to eat sauerkraut every day. I'm like, I'm going to have the purest skin and the best poop as an old lady because I have <laughs> oh all this great God. knowledge. I care with you. I'm going to, I'm going to expel every day like a good pooper. Oh, um, you're going to void. I'm going to void. I'm going to do it. So a couple other notes about when you go to actually make the broth. Um, If you do get a chicken, say from like Sam's Club or whatever, you'll probably have a lot more kind of scum on the top. Um, If you're going to can it, you're going to want to take that off. You'll start to notice that if you start buying better quality meat, like you get it from your local um, farmer who doesn't feed GMO feed and like their pasture raised and whatever, or you raise them yourself, you'll start to like notice a difference in your broth. And I've definitely noticed this because when I did my turkey broth, which we raised here, um, I had almost no scum at all. Now, when I used to do it just from the random chicken bones I saved up, um, you know, I always had scum. And that's another thing too, is like, if you are maybe a smaller family or, you know, whatever, you know, start saving bags of bones in your freezer. A lot of times if I like clean up, I always leave my bags of bones in my upstairs freezer. So if I start getting overwhelmed with bones, frankly, I have a couple batches of, of broth that are just mixed. Um, because I'm like, whatever, if I dump it in soup, I don't know. I, some people are probably like blasphemy, but like to me, I don't really give a crap. I do on my shelf. Like I have pork broth, I have beef broth, I have chicken broth, they have turkey broth, whatever. But I also have some mix because frankly, I don't give a crap. So that's up to you. You can mix them or you don't have to. Um, so I just wanted to mention about the scum because I've definitely found that to be true. The other thing, Missy and I were actually talking about this the other day because um, their dog Cash ate a bunch of chicken bones out of the compost. And we were like, oh God, he's going to die. Um, but when I was listening to Sally's class, she's like, you don't have to worry about your dogs or whatever, your animals eating these bones because when they've cooked for that long, Jeremy had made chicken and chicken and dumplings, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they had, he had made this broth. Like he started it in the morning. It cooked all day. Like these bones were super soft and they were chicken bones. So they were like tiny, but you know, you always hear like, don't feed your dogs bones, chick- cook chicken bones because they're just going to bend and get stuck and all of this. And we're like, Oh God, the dog's going to be dead tomorrow. Well, lo and behold, he's still here. And, you know, so Sally was saying in her class, she's like, those bones have been cooked for so long that they literally just powdered. So she's like, don't fret about, you know, them eating that or whatever. Um, So something else too, that just fascinates me is she said, if you have like a dairy intolerant family, take your bones when you're all done with your broth, you got it all put away, 
Um, you know, you got your clean bones because all that meat's long fallen off. She's like, put those bones in your food processor or whatever and make a paste out of it. So you're basically going to make calcium paste. Um, and she's like, you can add that just literally back into your broth. And she said that's kind of the best way that it makes it palatable because who's going to sit there and just here's a yummy old spoonful of calcium paste um barf you know, right just stir it back into your broth she's like you're not even going to notice like in your soup and it is an amazing way to get the calcium into your system um and she talks a lot about like nutrient absorption with that and whatever i just thought that was fascinating um she also talks about putting a splash of acv or apple cider vinegar into your roaster your crock pot or whatever when you're doing your broth like a good quality ACV. Um, and that can really help make just a better broth for you. Um, so I, I always feel like, okay, maybe there are rules about making bone broth. I would not get super excited. I was making broth long before I had any knowledge about collagen or feeder heads or any of this mess. And, you know, I still had good quality broth for us to have soup or gravy or whatever. Now that I know all this extra information, obviously my like top goal is like, how much collagen can I get off of this baby? You know, but <laughs> you don't have to start with that. The other thing is to don't use water when you fill your roaster or your crock pot. Don't use water that has chlorine or fluoride. Um, you know, if you have well water and it doesn't have that stuff in it, that's fine. You can use filtered water or whatever. But, you know, the chlorine and the fluoride is going to kill off a lot of that good stuff, which is obviously not what you want. Something else I've done too with the bones. Um, I have not made the calcium paste. We don't have any dairy allergies. And so uh, Missy and I are actually just talking about working on getting more raw dairy into our systems, but you can make bone meal out of your, you know, bones that you just finished making your broth with. Um, so I've made bone meal and then I just feed it to the garden. Um, it's awesome for your garden. I think it's, Oh, is it nitrogen heavy? Oh gosh. I'm not real good at my nitrogen phosphorus yeah. numbers, but I'm pretty sure it's nitrogen. If I'm wrong, sorry, look it up. I forget. Um, I think, did you have any other notes about broth? I'm trying to think. I think that's most of the notes that I had. You can season it however you want. If you want to throw like bay leaves in it or parsley, I tend to not season awesome. mine too much just because Zad and I like to have really simple ingredients on the shelf. So we can like plain chicken, plain venison, plain bison, plain corn, um, you know, basic salsas. Because if we have that stuff on the shelf and it's just real basic, we can do whatever we want with it. And I tend to do the same with my broth. I don't really season. We do a little salt. But other than that, I don't really season my broth very heavily. Yeah. Another good thing, too, is I found... If you can't get vegetables into your kids as much as you'd like to, make vegetable broth. Like, my mm -hmm. kids my kids love vegetable broth. And now while they're not getting all of the nutrients, they're getting more than they would not eating vegetables. So that's another good option. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to mention, too, and I this was fascinating because when I was sitting through the summit with School of Traditional Skills, someone asked, you know, when you pressure can your bone broth, are you killing the collagen? Because this is always a concern. Anytime you preserve food, you know, I mean, freeze drying preserves almost everything. But, you know, canning, you're always like, okay, well, how many nutrients am I killing? Is this just going to be a belly filler as opposed to like a nutrient dense food? And pressure canning actually doesn't kill any of the collagen, which I just think is like you can't lose. Right. Like, everything about bone broth is just a win. Um, so I just I just think that is fascinating. 
Um, and like Missy said, get really creative. Like you can make soups and chowders and stews and uh, gravies and just there's just so many things that we're not a big soup family. But, you know, like the other day I made white chicken chili in the instant pot and um, I was very proud of myself because it was literally everything I pulled off of my pantry shelf and I just thought that was phenomenal um but I had like half a jar of broth and it was basically my leftover turkey collagen um I dumped that baby right in the instant pot and stirred that right into my chili nobody ever was the wiser about it Right. So um, it's really easy to just work broth in. Like Mrs. A, you don't have to sit there and drink it. But when you're sick, too, it's just like that whole metabolic metabolic support thing. You know, warm broth when you're hot broth when you're sick. Like, let's start making that. Missy and I have this conversation all the time. Like, when we're sick, our first line of defense is, oh, what do I have in the medicine cabinet? Like, we we're getting out of that mindset. But it's hard because, you know, again. As when we were kids, oh, you have a fever, let's get Tylenol. You have a cough, let's get Dimetap. Like, you know, that's we need to start changing our mindset to, oh, you don't feel well, let's start with some bone broth and see how you feel. Let's let's have some bone broth, take a nap, and then let's see how you feel. Right. And they say too, like um, Sally says it in her book that if you if you're feeling sick, you should drink bone broth. Wrap yourself in like warm clothes and warm blanket and take a nap. And when you wake up, you'll be surprised at how much better you'll feel. Isn't that fascinating? Like, can someone please, I need to like engrave that on the Glowforge and put that sign in the kitchen because even though I know all of this stuff, I so often I'm like, oh yeah, okay, let's do bone broth first. Like, let's not, and I'm never a 911er. Like, that's just not my personality. My mom has never been a 911er either. Like, you know, if, if someone has a 102 fever, we're not like, oh, God, we're running to the pediatrician. We don't even see a pediatrician. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's I, that's something Missy and I know. I know Missy and I are both working on that so hard because it's it's a, a mindset and like a behavior that we have to get past. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think you had mentioned one time somebody was sick or something. You're like, it was why is it? Yeah. You were like, why is it so easy for me to trust Tylenol? And not like a natural remedy. And I'm like, you're so right, because that's just been what's been drilled into our heads all these years. Yeah. Well, and it's like, not that we worry about what other people think, but it's this whole subscribing to systems thing. You know, like if you say, oh, my toddler has, um, you know, my toddler has a headache. Well, did you give him Tylenol? Well, no, actually, I fed him bone broth, wrapped him in blankets and sent them to bed. Like people are going to look at you like, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, You know, so anyway, these are just, I think it's becoming more, I don't want to say mainstream, but like there is a wave of us that are like a wave of homesteaders or a wake a wave of whoever that are like, you know, there is a different way to do this. And I know maybe this sounds a little off track for bone broth, but it all comes together. It's like Missy and I were talking about like getting back to these core foods. This is where your health begins. Yes. So anyway, I hope that you learned a lot about bone broth. It's just so fascinating. I was telling Missy before we got hopped on here that fish broth is something I want to get into. I got to source some fish bones. Maybe I have to go fishing first. I don't know. Um, but I'd love <laughs> to do that and make some like good chowder or something like that. So it's, that's a path I haven't gone down yet. Um, but if you have questions, as always, you can reach out to us at chapelhillforge at gmail.com or homesteadingroots at gmail.com. Uh, check out our websites, chapelhillforge.com, homesteadingroots.com. We both have homesteading 
resources tabs on there with great information. Missy's got PDFs you can download um, and and books you not books ebooks that you can um, download and just learn a lot. And I have my blog on there, our YouTube channel. So check out those resources. If you have questions, never hesitate to reach out. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye, friends.